Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Netflix and chill, broccoli and down in the DM. If you don't know what these words and phrases really mean to your teens, you're not alone. The verbal terrain of today's youth can be difficult to navigate and sometimes requires a guide or someone known as a culture translator to help parents of teens decipher the codes and to unlock the doors to an ongoing conversation about faith and life. Today we're joined by David Eaton. He co-founded Access alongside his friend Jeremiah and they've been helping hundreds of thousands of parents and teenagers a month communicate and understand each other at the intersection of tech, pop culture and the gospel. And despite the many challenges facing teens and their parents, today's conversation with David offers a helpful view toward the long-term goals of your relationship with your teen and their relationship with the Lord. David Eaton has recently put a book together called Engaging Your Teen's World, and he's really helping parents of teenagers to understand where their young people are coming from. We're going to talk about that book coming up in a little bit. But first of all, David, tell us a little bit more about your program and your ministry that you are involved in called Access. Yeah, I'm, I'm David, and I've got three kids and a lovely wife, and I started Access with my buddy Jeremiah who's the co-author of the book, about 14 years ago, so right out of college. And I started Access because I saw so many of my friends that I went to church with in high school go off to college and just implode. And I thought there was a huge opportunity not to create something new as far as content, but actually to communicate it in a different way. And it took us a couple of years to put our finger on what that was, but we call it culture translation. So uh-huh. if it's like C.S. Lewis and MTV, if they made a baby, they would name their baby Axis. <laughs> so that was our uh, our kind of premise was like, what axis do you revolve around? What's the center of your life? And then we thought, let's just take great ideas from incredible thinkers um, that are timeless, but also merge them with what's going on now. So it'd be like, you know, like Lil Nas X, uh, top song last year. On Billboard charts uh, for 19 weeks in a row, and most parents are like, "What's a little Nas X?" And as soon as you say "what" instead of "who," then your kids are like, "What? Like <laughs> you? Like you're yeah. kind of you're pre disqualified?" And then you know, 19 weeks in a row, he's a rapper, he's African American, he's gay. His song was country, but it was kicked off the country charts because he's a rapper. Then it was brought back in because of Billy Ray Cyrus, and they did a remix. And like all of a sudden, like here you have this, and it's based off a video game, Red Dead Redemption Two. And then his new song that's dropping is based off of a movie called Call Me by Your Name from 2017. And then you know it's like oh, and then it has a Latin beat to it. People want Camila Cabello. All of a sudden, like got this, just this cocktail of cultural artifacts that it's easy for a parent to feel three hours behind their kids all yeah. the time or feel embarrassed. And our job at Axis is to be a parent's research assistant. I like that. You're basically keeping a parent up to date as to what is hip and happening, which if I said that right now in front of my kids, they'd probably be embarrassed <laughs> over that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the funny thing about all of this is that you know, there's something incredibly primal and amazing about the parent-child relationship. And there's always going to be a culture gap. And this culture gap just has, happens to be accelerated by the smartphone. But there's still going to be no one um, that loves them, 
spends as much money on them and prays for them as much as you you do, and you will. Yeah. It's amazing how much culture changes now, too. Like, I was a youth pastor up until five years ago, and then I spoke a few months ago at a senior high retreat, and within that five-year gap, like, I had no idea what they were talking about anymore. I thought I was still cool and with it, right? But nope, gone. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's, it is funny, because what you just documented there, yeah, there's always a, a culture gap, but also that was a shift between two two generations. Yeah, right. So you're you're working with millennials five yeah. years ago. Yeah. And now it's Gen Z. And it's funny because parents, like, the same thing happens with them. Like, they have, like, some parents will have, like, a 23-year-old right now who's a millennial, and then they'll have, like, a 17-year-old at home or something like that, or 14-year-old at home. And they're like, what just happened? I thought I sort of figured this out. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, nope, it's a different generation. Things are different, different number of, you know, the demographic plays different on that. So, yeah, totally true. And that's where the book kind of comes in. Tell us a little bit uh, about the book. Yes, yeah, so we have a book called Engaging Your Teen's World, and you can it's on Amazon, but if you go to axis.org slash radio, there's a link there, and then we have some free resources, um, some of our favorite stuff uh, from Axis in there. And, you know, being a millennial myself, we have over 300 different resources at Access, But we said, you know, it's time for us to take our greatest hits and put them in a book. It's something that's easy to read, something that's fun to read, something that's very hopeful and inspiring. And so that's what the book is. But the story behind the book is this is, this is when, when this story happened at Access, we reoriented our mission completely. There was a young lady, and she said to us, she said, David, I've only had one real conversation with my dad. And I was like, oh, okay, that's uh, that's weird and heart- that's heartbreaking, and there's going to be a lot that's lost in translation. How can you only have, you know, one real conversation with your dad? And then to make matters worse, her dad is actually a Christian university president. He's on the Axis board. He's a professional Christian, if you will. And oh, like, no way. Oh, this is one of my heroes. Like, what's, why does he only have one real conversation with his daughter? Like, what's happening here? Yeah. But then, then his daughter smiled. I'm like, why is she smiling? So she smiled, and um, she said it again, and it had such a beautiful twist to it. She says, I've only had one real conversation with my dad, and we've never stopped having that one conversation. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so I thought it was one conversation that was just a moment, but no, she's saying this one conversation is 60 years. It's going to last 60 years, and that's the beauty and the amazing um, nature of being a parent, you are going to have a continuous 60-year conversation with your kids. And look, when we so right now, Access serves like 460,000 parents a month with our digital resources, which is awesome, and it's such an honor for us. And one of the things that they have told us is the most life-giving thing we have told them is that this one conversation idea. You're going to be there. You're going to be in their corner. And look. From the ages of 8 to 18, you might feel like you, like Brian, one of my friends, he says, all I do is lose. With my kids, all I do is lose. And I'm and our encouragement to Brian is just stick in there. Keep that one conversation going. You don't always have to have the right answer immediately. You don't always have to have it figured out. You don't always have to do the perfect stuff with your kids. You're going to be there for them. You're going to love them. You're going to pray for them. You're in their corner. And you know what? That coach is awesome in their life, that, you know, baseball coach or lacrosse coach or whatever, and they're, they're going to, volleyball coach, they're going to have, what, 
a two or three year conversation with that coach. That awesome youth pastor. You might have a five or six year conversation. Uh, who, who else? You know, like a, a really great English teacher, whatever it is, they're going to have, and those are important secondary coaches in the life of our kids. Um, but there is no one like a parent. And close, close behind that parent is that grandparent who's going to have that 30 year conversation with that grandkid as well. So that's what Access is all about. We believe in parents. We create resources for parents. This book, Engaging Your Teen with World, is to help you be a missionary to your own kid. And then we have all these resources that access our all access pass membership that will help you win, help you have great conversations every single week with your kids. How do we start that conversation for that person that's going, well, sure, this is great, but how do I get it started? Right. Uh, it, that's, that's a good question. So I would say there's a, there's a couple things here is you might feel, and this happens a lot. Um, with parents who have like a 17-year-old or an 18-year-old at home, they're just like, I blew it. It's over. I missed it. I'm going to quit. I just give up. And so we would say at Axis, no, 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 don't quit. Don't, you know, like, it's okay if you blew it. Um, and so we call it being a third-way parent. So a first-way parent is a parent who comes across something that freaks them out about their kid's world, and they yell at them, or they're angry, and it's a fear response. It's a fight response. We call it a violent response. So it's like, oh, my goodness, you did what on your smartphone? Give me your phone. Or you're vaping, give me that thing. What are you doing? I can't believe it. You kind of start off with shame. The other option is the flight parent. We call it silent, so violent or silent. Um, And this just says, I just give up. I I blew it. I can't keep these conversations. I turned out all right. But the third way parent is the confident parent. So violent or silent, we believe in being confident. And Axis is here to be your research assistant and your cultural scout to help you be confident. Or another word for confidence is engaging your kid's world. Um, but when it comes to starting a conversation, in the book we talk about this. I mean, of course, in the book we talk about, like, the new sex talk and smartphones and video games and mental health and all of these, ah, you know, these, these big topics. But we also talk about how to have or how to think about having the right kind of conversation with your kids. And so there's four steps to it. I'll give it to you quickly. One is you just want to be... You know, check your own pulse, right? And is the conversation you're about to have, like, what's the level of emergency? And if every conversation you have with your kid is an emergency conversation, we would say, all right, it's time to chill out a little bit and find some things that you can celebrate with your kids. Find some things that are good. And then there's some things like, let's say, something scary, like vaping, right? Um, Well, it's an emergency, but it's a slight emergency if they're vaping because of nicotine, nicotine addiction, it's bad for them, et cetera. It's more of an emergency if they're vaping marijuana, and then it's more of an emergency if they're vaping aftermarket marijuana because that's when you start getting to have, like, these long shutdown issues. So, again, being in their world, you're figuring out the level of emergency. The second thing is to just take a step back. And so if you feel yourself freaking out or you feel yourself, like, overwhelmed, one, practice your I'm not shocked face. <laughs> and then, Keep it cool. <laughs> Fake and be like, I'm going to... I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to call one of my, my buddies. I'm going to call, you know, one of my pals and, and just kind of get some perspective here. And then think about what it was like to be 17. Yeah. 17 year, 17 year olds are awesome, but they're stupid, right? I was stupid. <laughs> I was full of hormones, right? And I was trying to make life decisions and I was, yeah, I mean, I was just all over the place and, 
you know, girls are beautiful and, you know, my parents want me to do this and church is difficult and school and college, all university, all that stuff. So empathize with that level of just brain that they have and remember what it felt like to be you. And the third thing, and this is, um, is to be curious. Like, look, I'm, I would say, (laughs) I would say that I am gifted at being critical. I am gifted at being able to see through issues to the root cause. And you know what? That's been, a, that's been great for Axis in many situations when we're creating content, trying to understand what's going on. But you know what? It's not very helpful with me and my family. And, you know, there's many situations where I just need to listen, where I need to, to start off with a posture of what's good about this, what can I celebrate about this, you know, what's awesome here, instead of like, I just automatically want to find out what's cursed about something, what's broken about something, where's the sin, sin thing. And so to instead say, I'm going to be warm, I'm going to be curious, I'm going to ask great questions. And a great question you can ask, too, is like, hey, what are the, ki- what are the other kids, what are your other friends doing at school? And maybe something specific. Are they vaping? You know, are your friends, what, what's sexting like at, at the school? Well, you know, when do other kids get smartphones, and how's that working out for them? What's their relationship like with their parents? But to have that, because instead of just having to win all the time, you're instead saying, no, I want to invest in a relationship and see who, who God's made in this person. And the fourth step is just remember to keep it going. Keep it continuous. This is a Deuteronomy 6 thing, like when you wake, when you lie down, when you mm-hmm. ride, when you sit, when you all the time. You know, like right after the great commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, strength. And that's the Shema. It's like, that. okay, now, now we've got that right. There's one God, you know, love him with all that you are. Now teach that to your kids, and you're going to teach them all the place. It's going to it's going to be a hot mess. So just don't feel like it's like okay, I got to get that 15 minute conversation in on Sunday about something Jesusy. No, just let it roll with your life. It's continuous. It's going to be 60 years. What do, and like, what do we do? If, I don't know. I'm just remembering what I was like as a teenage boy. If my parents are trying to have a conversation with me, though, they're probably getting one word answers if they're lucky. Usually it was probably grunts, right? So <laughs> how do we as parents like get them to start opening up and responding or do we have to worry about that so much? Yeah, there's a couple of secrets to this. So, the well, yeah, I'd say there's three secrets. One is when you feed them, and especially if you can find just one-on-one time with them every now and then to take them out, get them something they like, you know, hmm. t- take them and just just that kind of like not not with an agenda, but just because you love them. But I know for my mom, it was a strawberry milkshake, and I was I was ready to talk. For your daughter, it might be some kind of you know vanilla latte or um, you know Tim Tim Hortons or something like that. Taking Tim's and. And so that could be something. The second yeah. thing is they just are going to be, you know, to just say, look, maybe your daughter really wants, she just starts talking at 11 p.m. at night. And you're like, are you kidding me right now? I am exhausted. I should have <laughs> been in bed like 45 minutes ago. But I'd say if, if that's when they want to talk, then to say, you know what, I'm going to, this is a holy moment. This is a sacred space. So it's 11:15 at night. I'm going to sit there, I'm going to lay on the bed next to them, and I'm going to listen to her heart. Hmm. And, uh, and, then, and then the third, so yeah, food, just the timing could be all over the map. All over the map. And the third thing, this is kind of like, a, this is something that one of my friends taught me, is he's like, just see if you can find 15 minutes every now and then to do what they love non-judgmentally. 
So if your kid loves Fortnite, they love Minecraft, and all they do is grunt at you, <laughs> sit down and, like, sit down with them. See if they'll let you play. Explain. Have them show, show you one of their favorite worlds that they've created or they've conquered or, you know, about the new, you know, upgrade or the new pack or Fortnite 2.0 or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> I can't think of the name of it right now. And just be on their level. And you'll watch. You'll watch. They're going to test you at first to see if this is just a trick or if this is a way where you're making a, a call to a relationship with them. Like, I'm interested. I want to know. And not, not to bring anxiety in their life or judgment, but just to check it out and see what's cool about it. So that's what I would say. Is it possible to start that line of communication at an early age before they become teenagers, or does their their whole mind change and that line of communication you may have started while they were young change when they become a teenager? I mean, yes, yes. So how you treat them when they're two and twelve will will pay benefits when they're twenty two, or how you treat them when they're seven, when they're seventeen. And again, I think, I think I just. I know. Um, as parents, it's easy. It's easy for me just to always feel behind, to feel tired, feel stressed, to feel like a failure, and to not. And so, the one thing I mean, again, engaging your teen's world. This book will help you understand your kid. It will help you have context for building that relationship. It will help you win their heart. Uh, and it's at access.org/radio. But to find these kind of rites of passage, to find these moments that aren't always, that start off with a positive plan. Like, no, we're just going to go out. We're going to, you know, we're going to spend time doing what you want to do. Um, we're going to, we're going to celebrate you today. And you have to wait for their birthday to do these things, to create these moments. And, and that would be the, the kind of uh, point I would say there. And of course you got to start this early. I think the one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest challenges facing parents, no, not the, one of the biggest. The biggest challenge facing parents and the rising generation right now is the smartphone. Yeah. And uh, there is no starting point. You know, there's no one. And so I would even say think of it like learning how to drive a car. Uh, your parents would be foolish if they gave you the car keys and just said, go figure it out. Um, and you know what? That's why governments have rules and regulations and testing and, you know, like driver's tests and written tests and drive with your parents and all of these things around that. And, you know, now we have these smartphones and, and again, no shame, no judgment. Most people don't have landlines anymore, right? And you want to know where your, you know, your nine year old is after soccer practice or whatever it is, you know, some swim meet. And you give them your old phone. But all of a sudden, there's so many new conversations that come out of that. There's yeah. so many, I mean, I was talking to a dad. His 13-year-old was on the bus going to a, a baseball game with the baseball team. And one of the baseball players, you know, pulled out their phone and started watching porn. And this 13-year-old went from just the sweet little 13-year-old who wasn't even interested in girls yet. You know, he was just right on the edge of that. And now... It, and parents found out about it like three weeks later, and this kid's been looking at porn every day on his own phone. On his own phone. Yeah. And so this is just such a level of hurt and shame and what happened. And, and those are hard and a, scary conversations, right? But if you're right. prepared with the proper resources, it, it still might be scary, but at least you can have a plan going into them. Right, right. And that's our calling in access is to be, be here with that plan. 
This book is, again, engaging your teen's world. Like, it is chock full of resources, all sorts of topics, everything you need to know as a parent of a teenager. Do you have kids yet? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, I, I get this question every now and then. So, yeah, I have three kids, and they're all young. Yeah. And so when, when I started Axis, and still, as, as we think about this, our expertise is on the rising generation. That's what we study. That's what 27 of us wake up every morning and think about. But then we've just heard so many stories by serving hundreds of thousands of parents. Um, and so we wanted to bring some of those best practices inside this book. Do you feel prepared as you move into uh, raising teenagers in five or 10 years from now? <laughs> I'm, you know, I think uh, the other co-founder at Axis and myself would say the same thing. I think we made Axis for ourselves. Yeah. And uh, we made it to be the ministry that we wanted with our kids. I mean, I, yeah, I'm definitely way ahead of the game when it comes to smartphones. Cause I wrote a book about it. I studied it. I wrote a chapter in Engaging Your Teen's World about it. I mean, this is something that's been so, so in front of us. Um, you know, I feel really equipped to talk about sexuality, gender, pornography, and sexting because our staff has made content on this. Um, and, you know, but I'm telling you, I didn't know who little Nas X was as I began this conversation. I didn't know that he had a song called Call Me By Your Name that he released on Twitter the first 38 seconds of it. The only reason I knew that is because of Axis, because of Culture Translator. I didn't write that. I read it on a Friday, and that's our weekly email. And well, I was like, oh, it's so many, really helpful. So many parents out there probably thinking, I don't understand my teenager. Culture Translator, you need access. <laughs> Uh, and I just found out who Little Nos X is, so that's great. <laughs> We're learning. <Yeah. laughs> uh, give us the website address again for the book and the resources. Go to axis.org, A-X-I-S.org, slash radio. On that, there'll be a link to the book on Amazon for the best price. And then also we have a place where you can sign up for the Culture Translator, which is free, which is a weekly email. And it just says, here are the three things that are happening in your kid's life. And we also have a coupon on there for one of our parent guides. So, uh, again, just start dipping your toe into the space. Again, if you feel like you messed up, don't worry. It's okay. You've got this. Just enter back into the game slowly. And, again, this idea, you are the most leveraged, influential person in your kid's life. God has called you to this. He will equip you for it. Access is here in your corner. We believe in you. Uh, you have what it takes and uh, start to engage, engage your teen's world. Thanks so much, David. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on Connections. Don't forget, you can listen to the full episode on your radio station in the morning as well as in the evening. You can also find the podcast version at podcastfield.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast. We'll talk to you again on Connections.